this is why the taste and price are usually like at the top of consumer priority lists whenever surveys are done, even above health in many cases, purely because tasty food is easier and often more fun and cheaper food is easier on the wallet. It's like the opposite of work, really. This is Evolve CPG, a community of purpose-driven brand leaders who not only believe in better, but actively pursue it. That's better products, better brands, and better leadership for a better world. Join our online community where we're going further, faster, together at community.evolvecpg.com. I'm your host, Gage Mitchell, founder and creative director of Modern Species, a sustainable brand design agency helping better brands grow and scale their impact. On the last episode, I talked about the problem with motivation. Today, I'm following up on that conversation to tell you what you should focus on instead. Hello, friends. All right, this is the second episode in a row of me rocking this mic solo to try to break down a concept for you. Let me know if you like it. Maybe I'll do more of these. So last episode, we talked about the problem with trying to educate or motivate your customers to grow your business. The short summary is that education takes motivation, and motivation is too inconsistent and unpredictable to be your main marketing strategy. If you want to dig deeper into the problem with motivation, go back to episode 61, check that out. I think it's only like 15 minutes or so, and then come back here and we'll break down the solution, like what you should be doing instead. For those of you who have already listened or, or don't care, I'll <laughs> just dive in. All right, so if you actually want to build a new behavior, which if you're listening to this, it likely means that you want your customers or consumers to buy your product or service repeatedly, then you should focus on two things. One, lean on their existing motivations instead of trying to create new motivations. And two, make it easy. Let's break that down. All right, so it takes a lot of time and money to create and sustain a new motivation long enough for you to build a habit in your customers' lives. Most brands just don't have the resources to pull that off. If you do, that's awesome for you. If not, what you should do instead is learn about your customers' existing motivations. For example, a lot of the products in the natural organic product movement target new mothers. Why? Well, because they suddenly have a new motivation that pushes them to remove all toxins from their household and take care of their family health. That new motivation is a baby. They both want to take care of that baby and give it the best chance of a great life. And they realize they need to take care of themselves to survive long enough and to be healthy enough and have enough energy to raise that baby, right? So existing motivation, poof, all of a sudden it exists. Now you can target them with better for the world products. So that's an example of a built-in motivation. Another example would be Home Depot and Lowe's, who love to target people who have changed their address. Why? When you change your address, that probably means that you're moving, which means that you're either moving into a new apartment or you bought a home or something like that, which means that you're probably in this kind of nesting mode. All of a sudden, you're motivated to buy home improvement supplies to make your new space feel like a home, which makes you the perfect target and 
because they saw that you changed your address, now they know ex the exact time to hit you with their ads or their coupons or whatever else. Existing motivations like these are way easier to work with in your marketing because you don't have to spend a dime creating them. You instead just need to know how to identify those people and then time your offer just right, the way that Lowe's or Home Depot might. This is why entrepreneurs and marketers who are their target demographic often have stronger marketing instincts. It's because they don't need much consumer research, research to know why people care because they are the demographic they're selling to. They know why they care and therefore they probably know why you care as well. So if you can find a way to tie your solution into an existing motivation, you should do it because you'll have a much stronger start. However, here's the catch. Existing motivations, while they're better, they still aren't always reliable long-term. The gym attendance drop-off rate in February example that we talked about last episode applies here, which was that people get motivated for their New Year's resolution, but that energy fades as the realities of life sink back in. You know, they're going to the gym regularly for a few weeks, a month, or whatever, and then they slowly fade off. And that's because even though that is an existing internal motivation, it is a temporary one <laughs> that we all wish was permanent. Therefore, even though it's better to focus on those existing motivations, you can't just stop there. Like that, that's not the entire solution because motivation is still going to come and go. Whether or not you're paying to create it or not, it's still unpredictable. So that brings us to the second point, which is make it easy. So to recap a little bit of what we talked about with the whole motivation juice metaphor on the last episode is that difficult behaviors take a lot of effort and a lot of effort requires a lot of motivation or as we were describing it, motivation juice. Again, if you didn't watch the last episode, think of it more like, like a caffeine to help you focus or alcohol to help you loosen up. Motivation juice is the amount of motiv motivation you need to drink in order to do a specific behavior that you're about to do. So easier behaviors take little to no motivation because it's just super easy, right? So if motivation can come and go, you'll have a much better success rate when you ask your customers to do relatively easy tasks. For example, if your product is a healthier product, that's awesome. We want more products like that in the world, right? Problem comes in if your product tastes like I'm eating cardboard or it takes me three hours to pair in the morning or it's got a weird texture or something that just makes it work, makes me feel like I'm having to put an effort to consume it and to keep this behavior up. If you're like that, I'm going to need really, really strong motivation and more and more doses of that motivation to keep eating your product. This is why the taste and price are usually like at the top of consumer priority lists whenever surveys are done, even above health in many cases, purely because tasty food is easier and often more fun, and cheaper food is easier on the wallet. It's like the opposite of work, really. Hence, the problem most modern society has with junk food, it's tasty, convenient, and cheap. Doesn't get much easier than that, right? Therefore, health food that's convenient and tasty, and ideally cheaper, is much more likely to hit the mainstream. Whereas health food that takes work, you know, whether it's 
tasting or preparation or costs or whatever is most likely going to stay niche because you might be able to tap into a motivation for a short-term boost in people trying your product, but are they going to keep buying it? Unlikely. Easy is also why Amazon works. They already have your address. They have your credit card. They have a huge inventory. The shipping is often free and it's going to arrive in a couple days. Easy is also why having your products on shelf in local stores is still valuable, even in the days of direct-to-consumer, because going direct takes a little bit more effort. They need to remember you exist. They need to go to your website. They need to make a one-off purchase. They need to have to pay for a significant shipping fee in, in many cases, and they might have to wait a couple weeks to get the product. Or... They could just pick it up at the store this weekend while they're already out shopping for other things. Easy. No shipping. I get it. The product immediately. And I'm already out, so I didn't have to go anywhere special. I just walked down the aisle, and there you are. This is why a lot of direct-to-consumer brands use a subscription model. It takes a bit more motivation up front because you got to get them to take a chance on subscribing and maybe get over the mental block of like, ooh, am I going to really want this many of these products? And what if I forget to cancel, et cetera? It's going to, you're going to have to boost them over that with probably like an offer that makes it cheaper or something like that. But over time, it's way less effort for the consumer, which means as their motivation drops later after that initial signup, it doesn't matter because it's easy. It just shows up and, you know, hopefully the product is tasty and easy to use as well, and therefore they won't cancel. So bottom line, don't make it difficult to buy or use your product unless you know that customer's motivation is high. And even then, only make the effort high for as long as you know that that motivation will last. For example, the initial sign-up period, again, like gyms. The effort to go into a gym every single day is high and when I'm super motivated and I just signed up and I feel like I'm getting a great deal and I'm pumped and I'm maybe getting my first three visits with a personal trainer or something like that, motivation is high. But my motivation will eventually fade. So you need to make the behaviors as easy as possible. So anytime you're trying to get your customer to take action and you want the most predictable results, lean on your consumer's existing motivations and make your product or service the easiest and most rewarding solution to their problem. Then, once you have them hooked on your product and in your database, you can then start sprinkling in some education that will confirm their smart decision to go with your brand or to use your product or whatever, and validate their new better behaviors, hopefully. That's kind of like a gamification uh, technique as well. What that does is it will help lock in their behavior, keep them coming back for more, and make them a brand evangelist for you because looking trendy and smart is a strong motivation to spread the word. So there you go. If you want to grow your brand, tap into existing motivations and make it easy. Don't just rely upfront on creating new motivations or trying to educate your consumers because those things are either unpredictable or should come later in the process. Maybe we'll dive deeper into into how to actually put this all together to design behaviors on a future episode. In the meantime, though, if you're really curious about this subject of behavioral psychology and why people do the things they do, check out BJ Fogg's book, Tiny Habits, 
It's geared mostly towards changing your own behaviors, but the principles can apply to your business as well when you're trying to get other people, either your employees or your customers or whomever, to change their behaviors. With that said, you know, thanks for tuning in for this little series. Again, let me know if you like this kind of thing. I can break down more books, more theories, more philosophy, more strategies. Happy to do it. It's fun, and I hope it helps. Thanks. Subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel for more innovator interviews, expert advice, and leadership discussions. If you like this episode, leave a heart, thumbs up, or review, and share it with your colleagues. As an ever-evolving show, we also love feedback, so send us your thoughts or ideas for who we should talk to next to evolve at modernspecies.com. Business can be a powerful force for good. Is your brand living up to its full potential? Go to EvolveCPG.com to learn about our new impact workshop, Exponential Good. Over six weeks, we'll be thinking bigger, getting relevant, spreading throughout, going exponential, working backwards, and making it real so you can walk away with a clear vision and a detailed action plan for scaling your brand's positive impact exponentially.